And now for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This old marketing. Take it away, boys. Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to This Old Marketing, proudly brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. And I'm Robert Rose, and welcome to episode number 409, 11 years of this nonsense. That's right. For Friday, January 5th, 2024, happy, happy, happy new year. And with me, as always, as he always is, my friend, my colleague, and I'm going to tell you, a guy who is just as surprised as I am that both our teams are 11 and 5 and in the playoffs, Mr. Joe Polizzi. <laughs> Isn't it exciting? It is very exciting. It is very exciting. My team can take the division this week. That, wow. Philadelphia is just handing it to you. They did. They did. Let me correct myself. Philadelphia okay. and the referees. In oh, the no, no, no. Are... Okay, no. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm handing no, no. it. To your Dallas Cowboys. I should make that my rant this week, but yeah, no. It, well, yeah. you know, I have to say in your defense that they made poor decisions on both parts. And everybody you think knows doing it whole... three times in a row when the universe is saying don't do it is 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 like no. poor decision making. Yeah. And by the way, there were at least three penalties on that play on Detroit. So uh, yeah, I, it, I, I, I won't hear it. I won't hear it. I don't care I'm just, who well, recorded. I, I think that, I think that what we've been shown, and again, we're, we're talking a little NFL here, but it's important what we've been shown. It's, we'll get it out of the way. We'll get it, it out of the way. Is that where the NFL has gone wrong is that they do not have full-time referees. Oh, that's, uh, that's without question. That yes. has to change. You have yes. to, I mean, you have to treat this like this, and this is their full-time thing. You have a group of uh, younger referees that are moving through the system that they're being able yep. to taught just like you do in the college ranks. And yep. they, they really need to, to figure that one out. They need to step it up and, and pay the, I mean, cause a lot of people don't know that the referees are not, they're not like really highly paid folks. Right. I mean, they're not, it's not a high paid thing. It's, it's, they I mean, they get paid, but not very much. And that's the fix. So what we, we, okay. So first of all, we fix that. Second of all. Fixes in repair, to... not as in conspiracy theory fix. Right? It's not, <laughs> I mean, the, the posts that annoy me the most are like, you know, the referees want Dallas to win. It's like, oh God, come. Dallas is the most penalized team in all of NFL. I mean. So, you know, if, 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 if the referees want Dallas to win, they're not doing a very good job. They're not doing a great job of it. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but to that point, what is up with Philadelphia? I think Philadelphia is just oh, not as know. good as we thought they were. I think that's, I it, think some, I think something is off with Jalen hurts. I think, I think something is well, off with the quarterback. Uh, the, okay. I think he got hurt. He got hurt midway through the season. And I think after that, you can really see, at least by my eyeballs, you can really see something going on. And then their defense is just falling apart. I think their it's more. Well, I think apart. you're right, but I think it's more than that because when you just when they pan down to the sidelines of the Philadelphia Eagles during a game, nobody's happy. They're no. all. It's it's all. It's it's like they just got coal in their stockings. They're just all That's like, right. Mm, it's weird. Me, me, it's me. very weird. Very upset. And it starts with the coach. I don't know anything about the coach. Oh, he's but got he the just, most punchable face in the NFL. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. he's like he just drank lemonade that was too sour all right. the time. Yep. 
and I'm going to, and then I <laughs> as will, a Cowboys will, fan, that makes me happy. But yeah, yeah, I know it, it makes you happy. But on the other yeah. side, you have the happiest sidelines in the NFL, the Cleveland Browns, which they have a positive. Yeah, here's what I have to say about it because we've had our fair share of Deshaun Watson talk. The 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 Joe Flacco story is wonderful. It's an refreshing. amazing story. And, and by the and, way, and, I called it at the. Uh, we should go back and find the. Clip you did. You said that they were going to be eleven and six this year. Yep, and they were going to go to the playoffs. And I th- I thought they would take the division as well, but Baltimore had something to say about Baltimore's that. Baltimore's pretty yeah. pretty good team. Yeah, pretty maybe the best team in the league right now. They're they're amazing right and now, and they're, they're peaking at the fire. right time. I mean, Lamar Jackson just threw a perfect game. 18 yeah. to 21 for five touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you can't do, I know you can't do any better than that, but no, we're, anyway. we're very excited about, about Joe, super Joe Flacco. And uh, it was, I got to tell you this little, little inside story, but this is funny. So we're with my family and we're opening gifts for Christmas. And my sister got my mom, uh, a portrait framed, and it had all it, it it was it was Jesus Christ uh, and all the names for Jesus. It's like Redeemer, Savior, okay. Holy of Holies, like the whole thing. And and she loves it. It's like a it's word cloud, like a word cloud, like a thing. It, yeah, like a word cloud. Yeah. Okay. And it was right. beautiful, and my mom loved it. And I looked over to to the kids that were all there, and I said, "It's it's it's a Joe Flacco print." <laughs> Blasphema. Oh, Blasphema. That's, yeah, that's but anyways, go. it was that, it was that that would have gone really well over with your mom. I think it was yeah. that's why I whispered it. I didn't want to hear yeah. it. I mean, yeah. like how would you feel if you got something and you thought it was Jesus, but it was really Joe Flacco? <laughs> I, I mean, nobody wants that. But anyways, we're we're fairly we're fairly excited. We were at the the Jets game on Thursday night, yeah. where it was it was one of the most powerful games i've ever been to because everyone was in such a good mood besides yeah. the fact that they were drinking all day <laughs> yeah exactly but they were happy drinking it wasn't the mean drinking that normally yeah, sure happens exactly everybody was celebrating so, for sure anyways what what else uh, what else is going on with your uh, nothing other than the fact that if you're watching this on uh, on video you can see that i'm still not back at home <clears throat> working from the road as it were but uh it's we have that we've talked you're about in a we work it looks like you're in a we work no i'm in the bedroom of our little place up here in uh, montecito which is nice. right near santa barbara it's basically santa barbara for for those of you who are thinking about it you know and, and we're spending the week between new year's and when everybody seems to be getting going back to work which is next week so so we'll be up here for a few more days and it's been lovely it's not a we work it's not it's definitely not a we work <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, you haven't been traveling. You've been enjoying How's the weather? It's been beautiful as always. It's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, it is. Mid fifties, low sixties, bright sunshine. It's like, you know, it's like, it's like when you, you know, that opening scene of the, the Simpsons, you know, the, you know, with the blue, that's like, like that's your life every morning. Totally. Absolutely. Don't you get tired of it? Don't you get tired of perfection? Don't you want to come to snowy Cleveland, Ohio? (laughs) Which, by the way, it's been really mild. Like we had a, we barely had any snow in December. It was not a white Christmas. But uh, today, as we record this on Thursday the fourth, this it's it's snowing. This it's beautiful snow. Oh, that's nice. It's it's. I do miss that. I miss snow. I miss having. 
I miss the 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 snowing and the just snowed part of snowing. I don't miss the slushy gray yeah, that's roads and that. you know three days after it snowed kind of thing. Good. Well, you can come to Cleveland right now, and you will get the the fresh, wonderful snow. Because if you come tomorrow, it's not going to work. It's going to be the That's slushy, right. yeah. ugly, ugly kind of snow. <laughs> so, uh, so we got a good Very show nice. uh, going we here. Do, what are we doing? We do have a good show, despite the fact that it is the week between New Year's and the New Year, as it were. Um, and uh, typically a very slow news week, but we do have one. We'll talk a little bit about how, well, January 1st brought a number of new changes, but maybe the biggest in content is that Mickey, that's right, Disney's Mickey, uh, has lost uh, their copyright on the Steamboat Willie, or did they? We'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk about X for a very short time. We promise it's not going to be a long time, but there was some news over the holiday uh, about its valuation being cut by Fidelity. Then we'll get to uh, the chief event officer. That's right. Time Magazine has appointed a chief event officer and what that might mean to the publishing industry. We'll have some time for some questions that came in over the holiday and uh, uh, talk about a wonderful question from our friend Clayton uh, down in Perth. Uh, and uh, we'll talk, get his answer for him. And then we'll rant and rave a little bit. And Joe will talk a little bit about on creators and downsizing for 2024 and how the creator economy may be starting to aggregate a bit. And I will talk about how 2023 saw the ad industry try to fix what are called MFA sites and uh, clickbaiting sites. And yeah, how they did there wasn't so awesome so what that might mean for us as marketers so some good stuff some good Yay! stuff despite the fact Yay. yeah yeah oh before we start we we you and i talked about it that uh you know we've got a lot of good things going on we've got our youtube channel if you haven't subscribed to that at this old marketing but also yeah. what could really help us <clears throat> our reviews so if uh if Please. any of you yeah yeah, yeah we, we would like we would like more people to to watch and listen to this old marketing so if you use Spotify, i think you can do more than one review can't you can't you review it more than like if you've already reviewed it or can you if you reviewed it like years ago you can review it again yeah but we would ask anyone that's listening to this that enjoys this old marketing on a regular basis if you and want. has for the last 11 years we would like to be growing we're, we're, we've been told that reviews help we have now, you and I had a conversation about this where we think that's a thing. We, yeah, we, we don't been, know. We, actually. we read up on it. It, it says right. it's a thing, but we're not sure. But we think it is. Yeah. So we would we would like some reviews, whether you we're trying uh, to Spotify we're trying to feed Apple the algorithm. Yeah. 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 I think so. I think we should because you said our let is this is that right? Is this year we're in 11? our eleventh year? Yeah, we're in our eleventh year of doing this. Nonsense. What are we doing? Why are we wasting our lives away? I you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I hope we've been. Helpful. I don't know that we're wasting our lives away. Our audience, the listeners, are wasting their. Yeah, they they may be wasting their. Yeah, because this away. is just you and I catching up. We're catching up from the holidays. How you doing? Yeah. Let's yeah. Talk about some football. What's yeah. some marketing stuff that happened? Get some insight yeah. into the year. Insight. Nobody ever gets insight. I don't think people get insight from this some show. people have told me some. There is a really? rumor out there that occasionally we provide an no, insight or no. two. It has been uh, even over the holidays. We received some some emails. Oh, people so lovely! How important we are in their lives, yeah. and I was like, it's "Wow, wonderful. yeah, it feels like a responsibility." And by the way, I will I will say this: consistency. Because here's the thing: we did shows over the holidays, 
even though one of them came right before New Year's and one of them came right before Christmas, we did shows over the holidays. So I'm giving us big ups for that because so many of the podcasts I listen to are like, eh, we're going away for the holiday. We're not going to do a show. We're not going to do anything over the holiday. We're leaving, you know, and it's like, I think that's not right. I think that's that that tells me you're not committed. The So the the one that I know you're right. The one that I noticed was the Prof G podcast. Yeah, of course. Where he did the one like even pivot. And they do the one little special episode, and then yeah, and then basically and then they, Scott Galloway said, "Hey, I'm done." To yeah, which how how hard is it to do a special? It's episode? not. It's just not. It's just not for them. And I and think I, it's important. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, and you and I know about this because when we went off on well, when I went off on my sabbatical a little bit, when you when you interrupt regularly scheduled programming in any way, it can hurt your long term listenership. Totally. Even if it's a week, yep. like you need to delay. You need to be Norm Peterson. You go to Cheers and you get that beer every day. You have something witty to say every day. You need to do that, but whatever. So. Yeah, yeah. We've seen it in go. the data and it data don't lie. Really? Well, unless, well, it could, unless there's lots of bots or AI. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. or depending on which state you're from. That's true. Well, that's 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 I true. Love, as well, well, we won't go too deep into that. Though. <clears throat> no, no, not for, no, not for yeah. this episode. No, no, no. Yeah. No. Although the Iowa caucuses are coming up, and I don't know, we should probably. This is going to no, be a crazy gonna, year. It's going to be. Gonna a co- year. Are we going to co- cover politics on this show in twenty twenty four? You know, here here's the. I don't know. I don't know. We got to think about it because I, in, in in many ways, I think we can't avoid it and shouldn't avoid it. But because there is a marketing and brand and uh, content story to talk about there for sure with all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to, you know, AI is going to come into it at some point. So I can't think that we'll avoid it. Um, and there's bound to be some headlines for sure. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll sort that out. Yeah. I think we've got a couple months off here. And then we, when we get yeah. into the then second it's gonna quarter, get it's going to get nutty. It's going to get, get, it's going to be as, like a nutty bar is what is it? Is it, uh, is it, is it's it gonna Michael be like Keaton big... Beetlejuice? Is it Beetlejuice? That's getting nuts. Or is that no? It's uh, Batman. That's when he goes when he's Michael Keaton's Batman. Let's get nuts. He um, says that Batman never said let's get he, nuts. No, it's uh, he he. It's, it's Mr. Uh, Mom, it's, maybe. No, no, no. It's him as <laughs> it. It's him as Bruce Wayne when the very first Batman with uh, with yeah. Michael Keaton, and when Joker comes in and he's he goes he's at the fireplace and he's got his fireplace poker and he smashes the thing. He goes, let's get nuts. The audience will back me up on this. Okay. Sure. No, no, no. I, I did. Isn't there another one coming out where Michael Keaton Keaton is back as Batman? He, it's out. It's been out. It's been out. Oh, it's, it's the uh, the Flash. Oh, did it do the, the multi-dimensional very Flash? Well? Oh, it was awful. It was so bad. Oh, did you the watch movie, it? Oh, I, oh, I did. Yes, I did. It was so, so, so oh. bad. Speaking of movies, I, I watched Holdovers. Really enjoyed that movie. Very oh, with I've Paul heard Giamatti. Really good. Really yeah. good movie. I'm a very, very I saw, I'm thinking of something different. I went and saw that. That was the movie I went and saw. Yeah. yeah. No, it's I, I'm yeah, yeah, I yeah. really I, I really enjoyed something, I was thinking of something different. There was a, a series that came out uh recent anyway. Oh, I'm blanking. Oh. Holiday brain. Okay. All right, we'll let's see. get to our show. Yeah, let's do it. What do you got? All right. We're gonna start off with uh uh Mickey, Mickey Mouse, as it were, you know. The, the one that's not going to acquire Apple. Uh, and the, the story comes to us courtesy of Deadline. Uh, there are a number of 
uh, mainstream outlets uh, pointing to this, but this this article was particularly good. Uh, the headline here is that Mickey Mouse hits the public domain, but don't expect to get a free ride on Steamboat Willie. Uh, he's really proud of himself there with that. Um, as of today, the traditionally productive Walt Disney Company will have to deal with an onslaught of Mickey Mouse parodies, mockeries, and likely rather explicit variations of the iconic character as it slips into the public domain. Sort of. In the sober light of 2024, Steamboat Willie, the 1928 short that effectively launched the empire that Walt built, can now be used by anyone and everyone. The legal status of Mickey and Minnie Mouse from Steamboat Willie and Plain Crazy from earlier that same year has been long fought over and probably not something to which Disney was looking forward to. Yet, in a year that also seems uh, Virginia Woolf's groundbreaking Orlando, Peter Pan, Charlie Chaplin's The Circus, Buster Keaton's The Cameraman, Tigger from uh, the, the, the Winnie the Pooh um, are all now in the public domain. And if you're anticipating a steamboat Willie free for all, well, think again. The article then goes on to talk about how uh, the lawyers are waiting in the wings because really it's just about the, that one thing with Mickey Mouse. So if it goes even a little bit beyond that, they're going to be all over people with the copyright thing. So uh, I think this is, I think there's a really interesting content and story here, but, but, but I want to get your take on this. What, what do you think about this being? Yeah, I had to do some reading are. on it because I, I thought it was similar to what happened with Winnie the Pooh, which it's not the case. I it's mean, not, Winnie, it's different. Yeah. And, and Winnie the Pooh is not an original uh, Disney copyright anyways. So right. That, That's so right. There's a lot of difference there, but it looks like from reading this article and a couple other ones, I mean, you've got the Disney, Disney is lawyered up all yeah. the way up on this one and they are looking and we've already seen you and I talked about it before the show that there is already a steamboat Willie uh, or steamboat Mickey uh, horror show that's been shot that's right it's already yes. now i don't know Which if it was in the can months before you got it in the can that. months before but if it at all looks like the modern day mickey mouse um it's it's gonna get shot down uh, yeah I, I would be surprised if if anything comes to light because of the restrictions and all the things that disney has done over time to protect one of the and they've done they've done a pretty darn good job uh especially yeah. with hiring mass amount of lawyers but right. where, what's the yeah. content play on your side well it's interesting because when you start thinking about it so what it brings up every year because this this story sort of emerges every year as because we're starting to get into the years where a hundred years later uh it the idea is is that we're we're going to see more and more and more media properties yep. come into public domain and and these are always just a reminder of it so steamboat willie aside because to, to exactly to your point when you think about uh the you know the the idea of walking up to the dark cave and you can hear the lawyers the disney lawyers growling on the inside that's enough yep. to dark, turn you away like you're not you're just not gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna throw that effort out there right i mean you just why why risk it right but but the, uh, the what was interesting to me was the list of all the other things that are coming into public domain. And that's only going to continue in the years to come, just more and more and more, where it is a little more like Winnie the Pooh, where the entire concept, the entire story is in the public domain now. Mm -hmm. And you can retell that story. Frankenstein's, you know, one that's been around for a long time, which is great. And, 
you know, at one point Frankenstein was copyrighted. You weren't allowed to make a, a you know, a story of Frankenstein, but you can, of course you can now. And many of those novels, many of those, and, and now increasingly movies and characters are going to start coming into the public domain. And I think, especially as we start moving into AI, where you can start to have some of that stuff generated, I think you're going to start to see a lot more and probably more on the consumer brand side, really start to exploit these things. These are great stories that are coming to life that can just simply be, you know, copied from a story structure and story standpoint and applied with, you know, very similar that would normally get you into trouble, very similar characters, but honestly be, you know, the brand or, you know, whatever you wanted to do, right. You know, whether it's a movie, whether it's a show, whether it's a documentary, whether it's a, you know, a new, you know, take on things, you know, the, the, the Winnie the Pooh horror movie, that was, that was fun and interesting and weird. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I think you're just going to see a lot more of that. Well, I think, didn't we talk about in the past, like we, we as a content marketing program, you could go back to the, the books that already That's, ran out of copyright yeah. and go back and and, and we, put your logo on and said compliments of whatever company and send exactly. them to your list and say, we're and, putting together the classics for you. We we talked about that with the um, the daily, uh, I think it was called the Daily Dracula, where the guy basically took the novel, which is now in the public domain, and released it on X, I think it was. It was a daily tweet or a day, or no, an email. It was a daily email. That's right. That you could subscribe to where you would basically get the novel fed chapters. to you one yeah. day or one week at a time. And um and 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 basically you could you could read or enjoy the daily Dracula and he got tons of subscribers and monetized it. That's that's the kind of thing that I would see content creators doing and being able to take advantage of as sort of a side thing to whatever they're doing. Right. So if you're really like, Hey, I can't come up with anything else original. Let's just go back into all the stuff that's expired copyright and see what we can leverage. That's and then right. you'll look like a yeah. marketing superstar. That's like, right. Look at this program I'm creating. That's right. It's amazing. Well, I mean, just, I mean, you know, as, as we, as we said in the, uh, as we said in the thing is Peter Pan, right. Mm -hmm. So comes to, uh, comes to, uh, uh, public domain this year. So how, how many ads are we going to see this year and how many pieces of content and marketing are we going to see with Peter Pan all the way through it? Right. You know, different versions of it, different renderings of it, different, you know, ideas of it, you know, and, and it's crazy. It's, I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be, and this only continues to snowball as we get more and more into you know, the future, because now we're starting to get into things like films, not just not, you know, it was novels for a long time and uh, all of that, because this was, you yeah. know, you know, basically uh, 90, whatever, 90 years later. Pan's revenge, like some kind of <laughs> Pan's revenge. Horror. <laughs> Why is it Pan always horror? Why is it always Peter, horror? Peter I Poltergeist? Know. I don't yeah. what I don't know why yeah. Peter I don't know why <laughs> because Peter you I, because if it's horror you can get around I mean it's <laughs> nothing like what the company and what the trademark holder in the past would do so you don't have yeah. any like you'd never that's why Winnie the Pooh thing didn't have any problem because you'd never <laughs> expect a company like Disney to come out with Blood and Honey the yeah. Return well, of Pooh they would whatever never. it was yeah. yeah they would never all right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's move on, shall we? Sure. And very quickly cover uh, our uh, friends at X, 
uh, because, well, you know, it's it's worth it's worth covering and talking about um, for a brief moment because it this is, is one actually of my oh, and leads into my one of my predictions from it, a couple well, weeks ago. One of my predictions as well. Right. So yeah. from the prediction show. Right. So the uh, story that we'll cover, of course, there are a number of outlets covering this, but we'll cover the the story coming out of Axios, which is Elon Musk's X gets another valuation cut from Fidelity. And <laughs> I love the picture that they chose for this, which is grandma musk in his uh, aviator jacket it's like howard um, he looks like howard hughes there for some reason he looks like somebody's he looks like somebody's like the you know that it's that older brother that comes back having lived in new york for a little too long and basically just you know <laughs> he comes up really, to the little bro, 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 uh, brother and you know ruffles the hair yeah say, exactly hey, but buddy. He, he needs money he needs money because he's got he, he owes the mob Right. That, that's pulls that's out what a pack he of looks like in this picture. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he has a lot. You got to admit, he's got a lot of range. Like every photo you see, you could say, oh, OK, that's a different Elon. He's got that's seven the, or eight of them packed yeah, away. That's that's a different it's a different version of Grandma Musk. <laughs> um, anyway, the, the article opens up by saying Fidelity has again marked down the value of its shares in X Holdings, which the mutual fund giant helped Elon Musk buy for $44 billion when the company was known as Twitter. By the numbers, Fidelity believes that X is worth 71.5% less than at the time of its purchase, according to new disclosure that runs through the end of November 23. Fidelity revalues private shares on a one-month lag. Uh, that includes a 10.7% cut during November, during which time Musk told boycotting X advertisers to go F themselves during an onstage interview at the New York Times. Oh, In classy terms, move. Classy move. Always. Yeah. Always, always works out well always when a you good, do that. Yeah. Yeah, the, the really sales guys move. love that one. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they did. In terms of publicly traded comps, Meta stock rose 4.9% in November, while Snap shares climbed 38.2%. Snap, by the way, last year had an incredible year that nobody's talking about. So, Well, they, anyway. I mean, if you remember back in 21, their stock went up to like 60 some bucks yeah. and then it, but yeah. it, then it dropped to like six or seven. Well, and it's yeah. had a really good rebound since then. Yeah. They've had a really good rebound. They had a really good year last year. For um, They've got, they've, they've got a corner on messaging. I mean, it's, they do you think of them the as kids. social media, yeah. but it really is messaging. Yeah. You talk about not your target market. It's like, I, I, I never see it because of course I'm not on it, but, but the kids that, that is the way they, you know, they, they trade their snaps, right? Yeah. I mean, it's snap for messaging and then, uh, and then you've got really TikTok and more than Instagram before. Although I've heard a lot of people say they're going back to Instagram. So. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll see. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not on any of these things. I haven't, I, yeah. I'm not even, I can't talk at all. All I, I can talk about is X. That's what I'm an expert on X. That's it. <laughs> well, I'm an expert on X and I never it's, post. It's an easier, I never post there. Yeah. It's an, it, yeah, it's an easier thing to do these days. So for sure. Well, here's, what do you think? Here's is, the thing. What, do you, what do you think is going to happen with? I think this, this uh, is, I, I think this is the, this is the, you know, where there's that, there's that moment when a dam breaks that you know there's a big leak coming through and then the one the there's a sort of like one big rock sort of goes bloop, plops out and then all of a sudden the dam i think this is that because look fidelity's investment into x was not big it was a very small percentage of what the other ones did um in terms of investment size i think it's 30 30 million dollars or something like that um so this fidelity's exposure here is not 
they just want to huge. get it off the books at this point. Yeah, but and they I'm want sure they finally other... have, yeah, that's that's the yep. key here, right? You know, where where the others are uh you know have been reluctant to get it off their books because it's gonna it's gonna look awful. I think this is the first of many that we're gonna start to see because that once that dam goes, you know, once one goes, once one of the major ones goes, it's gonna it's all over. And of course, as we've talked about, this is what Musk wants, I think is is he wants this to go so that he can buy it for a discount but we'll, we'll see what happens i mean uh, it's, well it, that's the whole unless somebody else buys it but i think he wants to buy it own full control over it yeah uh, as as they mark it down to nothing here and then i believe yeah. that he'll rename it back to twitter yeah <laughs> you think actually, so yeah i'm starting to feel that way i'm starting he's gonna he's he wants to get this to rock bottom yeah where, That's and then an he's going to clean up. He's going to clean it up by big. Sure. And then everybody's calling. I mean, uh, I was watching John Oliver the other day. And even John Oliver said, I won't call it X. I'm calling it Twitter. And everyone we know that still still basically calls it Twitter, even though we try to use the right nomenclature and say X. But uh yeah i think that's what's gonna happen so that's interesting I, maybe by the end of the year theory. it'll be twitter you'll have the ad advertising coming back everything's everybody's starting to feel good about it oh i don't think that's where true. elon will be sort of out of the picture because politics are going to play you know number one two and three role in our attention in the united yeah. states i think it's, he's it's gonna all come back yeah i think he's literally burning the ship at the shores i don't know i think i, I don't think that i don't think that ship is coming back yeah it's interesting, but I've got two children, as you know. Well, two children, not children anymore, 22 and 20, and they're on X. That's their channel, Discord and really? X. Are really? there two channels? Discord, X, and YouTube for the podcasters that they follow. You know, they, okay. they don't all right. They they don't actually listen to podcasts, they watch them on of YouTube. Course. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. And, and that's that's kind of the formula. And then I watch with the other uh, kids their age, and they're on X a lot. Of, that's where they get – and especially for sports. I mean, it's just, like sports news is – Well, all the, yeah, all, the sports – the players and celebrities are still – They're all on, they're X, all on for, X. So yeah. that's not changing. That has not changed. The, the most influential people in the world, for the most part, their number one go-to when they're releasing something is, is X from a newsworthy standpoint. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I think you're still seeing a lot of that. I mean, look, you and I both felt it. I know I felt it and I know you mm -hmm. felt it when you deleted your account and or, I don't know if you've deleted your account. No, I just, I just okay. said, I'm yeah, going you just, yeah, I'm, yeah. So so I just actually deleted right my account. Um, but I felt it, you know, I mean, you know, when you're, when you're, uh, you spend whatever, 13 years and uh, more, almost 15 years building up, you know, sunk costs basically like you know the amount of time you spent on it and you know i had i don't i don't have near the following you do but but you know 60,000 followers it's like i can see a celebrity going i i can't i can't lose this right i can't start over again i i i get that right i get that and they're you got to figure they're just in the background sort of crossing their fingers that it just doesn't get any worse because at a certain point, if he continues this, and maybe you're right, maybe he he gets to a point where he breaks it down so far that it is broken and then he buys it and starts to rehabilitate it again. And people just go sort of wipe their brow and go, OK, he, he's now at least I can sort of bite my tongue and be there. 
I, I don't know. It just it's seems... like it's almost it's, it's it reminds me. This is maybe not a good analogy, but like like Rocky, Rocky Balboa, like Mickey was trying to break Rocky down. He had nothing left, you know. He's just uh, this, no, and, that that and metaphor. Then, and then not he work. said, "Now is the time." <laughs> now is or or like when he starts and he he starts almost he goes go right hand and then go back left. You know no, that kind of. This thing. is not. That's, no, it's this, gonna be that, a great that, comeback no. story that I don't want to have have happen yeah. because I'm not an Elon fan. But you can see the setup. Elon's smart. You, you can, can see, see the setup. You can. He's see gonna the own setup. the whole That's... thing, and he's gonna make a huge <clears throat> turnaround, and it's gonna be profitable in 25, and we're all gonna be eating crow. I, I, well, I, so goes our predictions. And we will see. We'll <laughs> no, see that's my my prediction is that advertising makes a turnaround on X. Yeah, I, I know your prediction is that, happen. and 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 you are hundred percent wrong, wrong on that. And yeah, I will be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hey, speaking of advertising returning, our wonderful advertisers are still with us, and so we should probably pay a couple of bills, shouldn't we? Let's do that. Your sales software should not be a bummer. When you step inside your CRM, you should feel equipped to do your best work. That's the magic of HubSpot's Sales Hub. The new Sales Hub is designed to help you win. With an intuitive prospecting workspace and AI-powered tools to reduce your workload, closing big deals is no big deal at all. Get AI-powered tools like ChatSpot that are tailor-made to help you automate steps across the sales pipeline so teams can take back their time and spend it on more impactful tasks. Close more deals and get on track for your best Q1 yet. Learn about HubSpot Sales Hub at HubSpot.com slash sales. Want a great new podcast for 2024? Well, try Truth, Lies, and Workplace Culture, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Truth, Lies, and Workplace Culture, well, it features husband and wife team Al and Leanne Elliott as they dispel myths, impart wisdom, and answer all your question about finding, keeping, and motivating great people. Just like Joe and I, one of their recent episodes featured their predictions about what trends will dominate the 2024 workplace. You can follow Truth, Lies, and Workplace Culture wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Have you listened to Upstairs at Eric's yet? I mean, I made that ad specifically with that music because I want you to go listen to Upstairs at Eric's. And uh, did you do that? Did have you no. done that yet? No. Uh-uh. Okay. No. I, can you make I, that? Do I? Can you do make I that do, a to do? Do I do anything you tell me to do? No, you don't. That I'm writing it down. I, yeah, I'm gonna, upstairs yes. at Eric's. I, I got that. You got will that. recognize some of the songs. I guarantee you. I, I were, will. Ab- I will hits. absolutely. No, Allison now Moyet I'm going to. I think you only have to tell me five times. Okay. And now and now I'm going to. Do you think that uh do you think that HubSpot has to like I, I think we should talk to him. I don't think you have to say the audio destination for business professionals every time. It's in the copy. I'm just gonna I know. tell you it's in the copy. I know, so. but it's just I don't know. I know I, I, I'd like something shorter. Like maybe we can brought to you by the HubSpot work. Podcast Network. Yeah, done. You there. Know. How about that? Yeah, that's good. WNBC. That's yeah. that's yeah, that's good. Speaking yeah. of Paul Giamatti, right there. Yeah, there Great you go. role. There you go. Great yeah. role. That's I think that's the first role that I remember Giamatti in. And then he was really? great in in Sideways. Oh, he was awesome in Sideways. Sideways which was... that movie reminded me. I mean, it's the same director, obviously, but uh uh yeah. 
it's yeah it's, it's you get from the beginning of the movie where you hear the the static in the background like it's an yeah. older movie yeah. play and i'm like ah yeah. good good touch good yeah. touch yeah it's all beautiful right. all right all next all right yes let's go to our next story here which is a really fascinating one and also weirdly fits fits into our predictions <clears throat> especially mine by the way um which comes to us courtesy of digiday and this is Time appoints its first chief events officer as publishers double down on events in 2024. This was really fascinating to me. Um, the article opens up by saying Time today has announced the newly created role of chief events officer in a move that's emblematic of the media industry's fervor toward events revenue heading into 2024. Dan Mac. McSai, Dan McSai, Time's executive editor and VP of events, was promoted to the C-suite after the media company experienced a 70% year-over-year increase in U.S. events revenue in 2023 and a 14% increase year-over-year in international events revenue, according to Time CEO Jessica Sibley. <laughs> I imagine that meeting went, hey, 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 Jessica. Uh, who's the one who brought you 70% year over year growth? <laughs> hey, who's that? who's that? Maybe you want to give me a promotion or maybe I go somewhere else. Dan says it starts. Yeah. It starts with a D. Yeah. A yeah. N. Yeah. Yeah. Got I'm going to slide into your DMs here and just say, hey, hey, hey who, who's the one who, uh, who brought you that? Dan yeah. would not do that. Dan. No. Would, yeah. right. No, Dan would come in with a seven and a zero. Like, yeah yay just, 70 just, just yeah just a t-shirt just a just a big t-shirt that says 70 percent um anyway that's an impressive number time hosted 27 events in 2023 up from 10 so almost tripled the number Jeez. of events in 2022 and next year there are currently 33 events scheduled including a new one tied to the soon to be launched time health franchise the events team under mcsai grew substantially as well starting with five employees at the top of the year and ending 23 with 13 with roles ranging from design, sales, customer success, programming, and audience development. It's, yeah, I mean, this is, the article goes on, by the way, to just talk a little bit more about how of a, much of a banner year it's going to be for events. And I'm, I, 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 by the way, we're seeing B2B do this as well. Salesforce, for example, doubling down on events and customer enablement events this year. We're seeing other B2B technologies do this. This, you know, the 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 number of companies that we're seeing doubling down on physical and digital events are it's it's it owned media. It's the new, like I said in my prediction, it is the new owned media uh favorite thing. It's well, you talk about events. I talked to in the in the predictions I talked about print. Uh, I think if, yeah. it, if it comes to digital, digital's very crowdy. Crowdy, <laughs> it's crowdy. <laughs> it's crowdy. That's the that's the title of this uh, this podcast. <laughs> it, digital is crowdy. Um, is that K R A U T Y, or is it crowd E? I don't know. It could be. <laughs> I just broke Robert because <laughs> I can't speak this morning. Crowdy. No, serious. Seriously, it's hard to break through. It's hard to build that audience. Um, so what are you going to do? I mean, in, in this case, in this article with Time, and they talk about Bloomberg as well, they have these amazing media brands, and they're able to take them out and put together in-person experiences together, Salesforce, HubSpot, sure. on and on, same thing. Um, there's no moat in digital. I mean, it's it's like, oh, something hits on TikTok or something hits on YouTube, and then it goes back down. It's like it's very hard to have any kind of consistent growth and audience building. It's like, well, what can we do to really get close to our customers and to, to differentiate? 
Uh, and yeah. and I think in-person events and, and print are, you have to, if you are a responsible VP of marketing today, you have to be looking at those two as this is what we're going to focus on. Two of the, uh, two of the five things we're going to focus on are, are in-person events and, and well, I think print it, as well. It, it, and we can, again, take a lesson from what we're seeing in, uh, in, in the media world, right? Because what we've seen in the streaming networks, especially in the streaming networks, but even maybe even more pronounced or, or more enhanced, if you will, in broadcast media, the focus on events as a means of getting new audience, right? So you have to kind of turn everything into an event in order to get to pierce through the noise. In other words, create scarcity um, with this thing, whatever it is. So Amazon, for example, with it's, you know, is, is having tremendous success with the NFL, with its Thursday night, uh, football. Um, and others are, you know, we, we can see Netflix moving in this direction with event oriented yep. television. We can see Disney, we can see all the streaming networks sort of moving into how do we actually create event oriented programming as a means of gathering audience so that they can discover all the other things that we have, you know, to offer in terms of just on demand and that creating that scarcity is what is what events do so brilliantly, you know, whether it's, you know, again, whether you're creating a webinar series or whether you're, you know, it's, it's, if you didn't go, you missed it and it creates that FOMO. It creates that, uh, I want to be part of something. It creates the social aspect of it. And it, it is the way in a, when we're just awash in content to create some level of exclusivity to your audience. Well, and if you look at, I mean, this is sort of the dirty little secret for events and you and I know this because we've been doing it forever, but most people go to events for networking. Now, yeah, that's right. They'll say the speaker lineup and the education is second or third, but number one is almost always networking. You're not going to yeah. get the quality networking online. I don't care if you're in any of these membership groups. It just yeah. doesn't happen like an in-person occurrence. Yeah. And when we're all so connected online, but we don't have those deep connections, there's something missing. That's so right. Somebody has to fill that. So if you're in an industry that doesn't have that event, well, you have the opportunity to be that event to put on yeah. that event, to do something. And, and, and by the way, that applies not just to attendees, of the event, it also applies to your roster of speakers. The talent, yeah, yeah. When you have an event, you know, and and I was actually, I, I actually validated this in talking with a, uh, I'm talking with a, a new client, and they were talking about this event that they run where it's very high level people, right, in politics and business, and you know, it's basically, you know, think of it like a Davos, but it's not a Davos. Um, but think of it like that, where there's you know, very high level people, those people don't go to the event for the content, right? So think of like a TED conference, right? Yeah. Where all the speakers show up and do stuff. They're not going, those high level people aren't going to that event because they get the content, the contents of side, you know, a, a side hustle, basically. The reason they go is to be able to go back when they go back home and say, I was at the event and sitting next to me was X, Y, Z or sitting next to yep. me was such and such. And I got to meet them and sit with them and actually, you know, and so it raises their elevation in their business, you know, cause they get to tell their CEO or they get to tell their CMO, 
oh yeah, I got to sit next to the VP of marketing of so-and-so, or I got to sit next to the CMO of something else and got to chat and we got to talking about things and that networking and partnerships and all the things are, are really a, a, the true, you know, I mean, that's, that's the value of a South by Southwest for sure or something like that, but it's that focusing in on that community too. Oh, I remember early days South by Southwest. And I think when I went was 08 and they have the opportunity to meet 25 people there that I've always wanted to meet. And like half of those people I'm still friends with today. Yeah, I mean, that's I, right. the, the value in that event is priceless. And I think if you, it, 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 you don't have to put in a, a, a ton of effort uh, at an event. You just have to be available. You just have to be around and go to the events and go to the networking and you'll get business done. And it yeah. happens. And I think people are starting to recognize that, especially as, and, and you're not seeing anyone shy away from, from social media marketing or anything like that, but you, we are seeing people make strategic decisions to do some things differently. And I think there's like, okay, we, we, we sort of, uh, we overcorrected a little bit, putting so much time and effort into the social, we forgot that, oh, we still have these other areas that we need to focus on. Totally. Print and in and, and person. And I'll add this one other wrinkle, which is also goes back to my predictions, but it's the, <clears throat> the other place where we're seeing, especially B2B marketers double down, which is in uh, customer enablement, right? Which is, uh, you know, becoming a huge driver of content marketing specifically where I don't mean customer help, like onboarding or training or those kinds of things on your product. I mean, customer enablement, like, you know, yep. the way Schneider electrics does their energy university and they do, you know, enabling engineers to be better engineers, not just better trained on a particular product, but, you know, teach them engineering in a way. And so it's helping helping customers be better at their job. And we're seeing, again, technology companies really double down on this customer enablement content, which lends itself to events, right? Which lends itself to the online learning and digital learning, as well as physical events where you can go and gather with colleagues that use the same product and become better at your job because of it. It's interesting. We talk about this all the time for individual content creators, but sometimes we forget if the brand wants to be known as the leading expert in something you can't only have the leading digital presence you yeah. have to have yeah. more and that's what we talked about at content marketing institute we were always like contentmarketinginstitute.com absolutely we need that to be a leading presence but if we're going to take it to the next level we've got to make sure that we have this event content marketing yeah, world that's right. is the leading place to go in person. And we also yeah. have to make sure that Joe and Robert get out there and speak all over the world and spread that yeah. message. And we have to make sure that Joe and Robert and other people create books that become the guides for the, and, and you put all those together and then you're like, okay, this group is the expert resource. And I don't know if they, I don't know if they, yeah, I don't know if they forget. So strategy was strategery. Yeah. I don't think a lot of organizations. It's crowdy. It's what it is. It's crowdy. it's crowdy. I don't think a lot of organizations that have content marketing folks realize that it's more than di just dig digital. Right. That they more should than, be. Yeah. I, I talked with somebody this morning about creating a creating a farm of speakers in your organization yeah. that can go out to different events, so you don't have to exhibit at everyone. That you can have an expert be called upon and say, please come to my event and sell in front of all these people because you are an amazing expert in this industry. Yep. I think you forget that that's part of it. There's all these yeah, strategic. Oh, and, and one other 
not to belabor this, but, and when you do exhibit at an event, do more than your stupid 10 by 10 curtain with a big brochure sitting there, right? Make that event your event, right? Truly do make your booth, make your thing that you do in that event, an event. And so many, I see so many exhibitors fail to do that. They literally just, they throw the two youngest employees into the, into the booth with a bunch of brochures and a placard hanging in the back of the booth. And they go, this is us exhibiting it at events. Like, gosh, oh my just, God, what a wasted opportunity. Don't get me on this tangent. I just, yeah. we, a couple months ago, I talked to a sponsor of Content Entrepreneur Expo, and yeah. they were saying the last year that they didn't get a lot out of the exhibit booth experience. And I said, of course you didn't. I said, you had nothing there. You had a sign and you had a young guy on his phone the entire time looking down at it. Why would right. anybody go to your right. individual booth. experience with it? And, yeah. and I said, if you're going to do that again, please don't come. Yeah. Like you make us That's look right. bad too doing that. We have to focus on the experience in all the totality places. of the experience. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. So if you, if, if your person is just not even, you know, paying attention or they don't care, or there's yep. no reason to go to that place, then you're doing us a disservice too. So that's right. So please, please go. Yeah. That didn't, our, our events, our, our sponsor lead on that wasn't happy with my, <laughs> no, I can imagine <laughs> with my, you go home. Yeah. You go home. We don't you need, go, you go home. Kind of what, kind of what Elon no did to the you. advertisers. Like, no soup for you. We um, don't need you. <laughs> you leave. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's have a question from our audience. Yeah. Um, we, uh, uh, we, we got a wonderful question. We got a number of emails over the holiday, which was, yes, thank you very much. Fantastic. This old marketing.com. Yeah. I Submit mean, your some question good, or comment, some really good stuff, but this one stuck out, uh, and it's from, and, and mostly it stuck out for me because he pays a lot of compliments to me. Um, <laughs> and, and that's always going to win the day. Um, it's Clayton. He's down in Perth. Um, which I've always wanted to get to Perth. Um, it never and did make the, make no, the six it's hour, a, it's, five it's hour a plane hard, trip. Yeah, that's Sydney. a hard place to get to. It's like yeah. Cleveland. It's a hard place to get to. Oh, um, but it's worth but, it. But once you're there, it's worth once it. Yeah, there. there you go. No, stay for a while. Anyway, Clayton from Perth says, basically, I'm a huge fan, as always, of everything you do. Look forward to it all, including the NFL talk. No, I'm making that up. He didn't say that part. Okay. Uh, he <laughs> says, Clayton says, I'm still trying to get my content marketing agency off the ground here in Perth. Content marketing is still a brand new idea here, so it's slow going. Any insights about leveling up from small business clients as a solo operator to large clients with bigger budgets would be amazing. Part of the issue, says Clayton, is that I've worked with mostly small businesses for my digital marketing career. So moving up to medium and large businesses who have proper marketing budgets is almost like starting again. Spoiler alert, it is, uh, especially here in ye old Perth. This old marketing keeps me excited and pumped about the content marketing world. Still enjoy it immensely. Thank you for that. Anyway, thanks for reading. No doubt you get too much fan mail, blah, blah, blah. No, we never get too much fan mail, uh, by the way. And Star Trek nerds, thank you very much. There we go. That's your... You're already my friend, Clayton. Um, rants and raves uh, and uh, basically live long and prosper. Keep telling it well. That's right. So thank you, Clayton. Great question. You have a, I have some thoughts for Clayton. Go ahead. I, Why don't you share your, your thoughts? You have probably a better take, but I do have a take on this. Go ahead. Yeah. It, well, so Clayton, so it, one of the things that I've always said to my smaller business clients, agency clients especially, is market where you're going, not where you are. Um, 
And what that means basically is I would imagine I didn't see your website and I haven't seen your marketing materials, obviously, but I would suspect it probably looks because you've designed it this way to be geared toward SMBs. You probably have SMB case studies and testimonials and you're probably, you, you look like you're for small businesses. And the one thing that you have to, when you start getting into enterprise work, uh, and by the way, it is harder. It is harder to go upstream than it is downstream. Um, so you do have a bit more of a challenge than if you were going the other way around, I will tell you, um, is to, you've got to look bigger. You've got, you've got to, you know, one of the things that um, I was keen on doing when I was the CMO of that little tiny software company, and we were making the move to go upstream into enterprise is you have to look bigger than you are. Uh, that means, that means more content. It means more sophisticated content. It means a more sophisticated kind of experience. It means targeting the words that, you know, it's just a different persona that you're going after. And so, so much of it depends on marketing where you're, you know, like where you want to go with this and making yourself look like the competition, making yourself look like you belong in that spot. So that's a, both a marketing, a content, and you have to start from a content marketing perspective, you have to start telling those stories, even though you don't have the customer stories to tell there yet, you have to start telling those enterprise level stories. So you have to appear from the outside to be a lot bigger than you are. Now, obviously you're a small agency, you're not going to handle huge, you know, gi gigantic projects, but it's kind of the same work. I get where you're going because your content marketing services are kind of the same services that you're offering to SMBs as you are to enterprises. So it's a process. It takes time. And what you want to do is, is, is not try and do both, right? In other words, don't try and communicate both. Communicate the one where you're going, That's right. assuming that you're going to get the SMBs as you continually have your engine running and, and however you're getting those leads and, and new business now. And the whole thing is, if I boil it down to one thing is you've got to look you, you've got to look the part. In other words, and, and and by the way, that means charging as much too. It goes there everything from your revenue management, how you're handling your revenue, and what you're you know what, how you're bidding projects. You know, don't bid it like a small business. You know, like it's it's time to up your cost. It's time to up your game. It's time to up everything in terms of the way that you're messaging and telling your story. So I hope that's a little helpful. No, that's really good. I mean, and and put some patience into it. It's going to take a while for you. It's going to take the a while. Prospects. Yeah. But I mean, it reminds me too, Robert, when you and I, we had this discussion, I think it was in 12 or 13, probably the end of 12, when we said, if we're going to uh, position CMI uh, for real success, we, we've got to go and target enterprise marketers. That's, That's going right. to be our focus. So we had to change everything about what we were doing, especially our content. So our content and our blog would focus a lot more on complex content issues that you would see in an enterprise and not what That's everybody right. else was putting out there around their content marketing for small business stuff. That's so right. You really, so I would say to a couple things like it, your own content marketing has to focus on going upstream to whatever you're talking it. about. Yep. And since you don't have the clients yet, whatever the thing is, if it's a podcast or it's a newsletter, go and recruit enterprise folks that you would want as a client and put them into your content. 
because you don't have the case studies yet, but you can get them on your podcast. You can get them in your yeah, newsletter. Exactly. You, can, you can get quotes from them, those types of have things. Have them tell their story. Exactly. And all yeah. the things that you're doing. And that'll be a nine to 12 month process. And after 12 months, you'll have lots of enterprise folks, marketers that are, that are talking on your site, that are in your podcast, that are doing the things you, so, and then when people come to your site, they'll say, oh yeah, this, this, this is what I'm looking for. This yeah. makes sense. So and, I like, and whatever you do, don't differentiate. If you're going after the enterprise, after spending as much time as you have in small business, don't differentiate on the fact that you're smaller and that you're, you know, you're, you're more nimble or, you know, all that stuff. No, you're, you're find other ways to differentiate your, what you do and the way you do it. Um, whether that's you specialize in an industry or you specialize in a particular kind of technology or you, you know, whatever it is, they, the, the key is, is that your buyer, your enterprise buyer doesn't want to feel like they're settling. In other words, they don't want to feel like they're coming down in order to engage you because of lack of budget or whatever. They may have lack of budget, but they don't want to feel that way, right? They want to feel like they're getting a sophisticated enterprise product because they're so big and they're so, com you know, they always think of themselves as being very complex when usually their issues are no more complex than SMBs. They just have more of them, quite honestly. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Very good point. No, I yeah. like your take on it. All right. Act, act the part. Act the part. That's it. Yeah. Be it. Yeah, Absolutely. be it. Dream it. Do it. Okay. Well, now right. let's get to our rants and raves very quickly here where Joe and I go off on a little bit of a rant or a little bit of a rave over something that makes us feel like our team is 11 and 5 or that our team is the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> or, or Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, there you go. Oh, there you go. I had to say it. I'm sorry. You just made, you just made an enemy. In it doesn't happen very often. It doesn't. So, although it doesn't. I do have to shout out, I mean, Mike Tomlin. I think it's seven year 17 in a row of a, a non-losing record. I mean, it's amazing. He's an amazing, pretty coach. darn amazing. He, yeah. He's an amazing coach. Pretty darn amazing. That whole organization, the Steelers organization, just full stop is absolutely has been one of the classiest, best yeah. organizations. No, they should do what the Browns do is spend $230 million on a quarterback. You're not going to use <laughs> and go get the guy off the couch. Exactly. Throw you some touchdown passes. That's how exactly. it's done. Uh, do you want me to go first? Yeah. Why don't you go first? Okay. Let me uh, let me show this on the screen. So we have it. So the, this I, this is from Published Press. I thought this was interesting, and I'm seeing. I, I wanted to to talk about this a little bit, Robert, because I'm seeing this, and I'm talking to a lot of content entrepreneurs that are doing this as well. And mm. it's basically about. It's called creator downsizing, but maybe you know you and I have had these discussions about right sizing your organization. Yeah. I think what happened with a lot of content creators in. Uh, 21 and 22, as we saw the boom in the creator economy, you saw them doing everything. It's like, oh, oh no, we got to do the merch thing. And then we got to, we got to get on TikTok and we're going to do YouTube and we're going to, oh, we got to do the podcast and then the e-newsletter and they were doing all the things. And when everything's up, it's up. It's great. But then what we saw is the over the past year is you didn't see all this free flowing money. You didn't have just sponsors just throwing money at you for whatever reason. And now you're seeing content creators make some really wise strategy decisions and say, look, we don't have to have 10 people on staff. We don't have to have a whole group of people devoted to our merchandise strategy. We can figure out that and say, look, we're, we're going to focus on, let's say, the podcast or the newsletter as our base. 
and we're going to have these four or five revenue streams and we're going to be really smart about this thing and we're not going to grow faster than we need to grow. And, and you're seeing it in this. I'll put this in the show notes, obviously, but there's a number of content creators that they talk about that made some really tough decisions to downsize. And I don't think downsizing is the right word. I think it's what you would say is, is right sizing. Yeah. And, and then that would be, by the way, that's for content marketers as well. Now is a really good time to look at your organization and say, you know, are, are we doing some things we shouldn't be doing? And by saying no to some of those things, we can say a big resounding yes to some things that we should be more focused on. That's right. So, yeah. And I think too, there's a, there's a, there's a trend here as well that's worth mentioning, which is, I think a, what a lot, what happens a lot, it's, it happened with me um, for sure, is that a lot of these creators get into business, start succeeding fast, start hiring people and think of themselves like a, you know, like a creator media company instead of a media company. And what I mean by that is, is that so much of the creator's business and ideas and content is centered on that creator right is it and so but what you find is is that those that hire these people they hire from the bottom up and what ends up happening is is that the creator then turns into a ceo uh instead of a creator in other words they're managing the people of the media yep. company instead of managing their own creator uh ness as it were the smart ones that I've seen really make this work are building media companies where they hire a CEO. One of their first hires is a, is a CEO or a leader who then builds the infrastructure underneath them so that they maintain their, their ability to, to do the things that they need to do. And, but finding that person that finding that person who wants to run the business for you and not be out front, you know, basically the behind the scenes, you know, sort of maestro as it were, boy, those people are exceedingly hard to find. I would no great point. I would also say uh, that a lot of Cree, I talked to somebody this morning, really nice gentleman, uh, came out of media, starting his own creator business. And the first point of business was to find an office. And I'm like, yeah, no, right. no, no, like, no, 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 you yeah. don't, right. you don't need to do. It's like, oh, I, 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 he says, I don't want to, um, I have to get out of my house because I don't work well here. I'm like, okay, well find a coffee shop or something like, like you, you, one of your advantages is that you don't have the overhead of, at a, of an office. Yeah. So the, your goal, if you're going to survive is to keep those kinds of costs as low as possible. And to your point, take the money that you do have and put it into things that is going to make you create even better content. Exactly. And That's distribute right. that in the right places. So. That's right. So yeah, basically delegate the things, create the things that help you build, help you keep the doing the things that you do well. And, you know, I mean, and maybe that's, you know, becoming the CEO of your, of your company and, and expanding out your creators or whatever you're doing. So you're building a, yeah. a bit more of a diversified media company. But at the, at what I see most, uh, so many people doing is creating that sort of you know, I'm the center, you know, I, basically I'm the center of this business's universe, right? I am the personality. I am the, I am the creator that is the face, the presence, the audio, everything about this business. And then they start losing time to be able to do all those things because they're spending their time managing, you know, marketing and accounting and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Good point. All right. You've got yours. All right. 
I do. I do. Um, basically, this is a, a story that came up in in, in Marketing Brew. Uh, it's a really, <laughs> other than Ryan's uh, fascination with his puns uh, in the beginning, uh, it's a really good argument. Um, and he, he talks a lot about, uh, in this article, uh, about advertisers that, and their efforts to clean, clean up clickbait. And in particular, what he talks about are MFA websites. And you've all seen these without maybe knowing what the acronym means. You know what MFA websites are. They're called made for advertising sites. They're basically these trash sites that are, you know, that you see on your Facebook feed and you see occasionally where the, you know, I see them all the time for sports. You know, there's tons of them in sports, right? Where it's all memes. It's all basically clickbaits to pull you through to some one paragraph article that is surrounded by programmatic advertising. And what he makes the point of is, is that MFA inventory. So all of this inventory has been, it's been a huge issue and I've seen it doing the research work I've done into programmatic and how much I hate programmatic advertising. It's, it's been an issue for a long, long time. Um, and you know, years, but it's really come to a head over the last couple of years uh, as, and as he points out in the article, 15%. So this is the ANA number. This is an association of national advertisers. Uh, they did a research and found that 15% of programmatic open web advertising went to MFA sites. So think about that for a second. You've got 15% of your programmatic spend going to these crap sites. Additionally, the viewability of ads has come down to being 70% viewable. In other words, 70% of your ads are as good as it's going to get, according to the IAB and the ANA. So in other words, you've got 70% viewability on your the ads the, for the media you're spending, and 15% of that spend is then going to this crap site. So I'm not good enough to do the, the combined math there, but it basically means there is a huge tax on your marketing spend. And there, the article goes on to describe how they've been uh, looking to sort of police this and get better at it. Um, but this is going to get a lot worse before it gets better. And the reason is because, and we talked a little bit about this in our, in our prediction show, the AI idea, this you've now got, uh, I, I saw a, a statistic that it, it went from 120 sites to more than 300 sites that this, uh, journalistic organization has now found for news sites that are completely generated by uh, mm -hmm. artificial intelligence content. There's no humans behind them at all. And those are going to be MFA sites for sure, because that's really the only way they can make money is uh, trying to rank as best they can. And by the way, just creating commoditized content automatically and try and draw as much traffic as they can and arbitrage that traffic with, with uh, programmatic advertising. So it's going to get a lot worse yeah. this year, especially in a politics year. Um, you're going to see a lot more of this. And so one of the things that I've been talking about a lot recently and actually just wrote my article on for uh, for this week's uh, CMI article is the tension of there is there, there's a new thing called, well, not a new thing, but it's, it's a re-rise, if you will, or a repopularity of a, what are called attention metrics, which are there are new ways to use AI actually in analytics to look at things like attention, where they're doing things like uh, you know, eye scanning and dwell time and, you know, a combination of all these sort of uh, that, that publishers that more notable or reputable publishers are starting to do to really give better value so you know where to place your inventory. So 
it's a trend and attention that I want to, I want to call attention to, which is trying to move because the, the, the push is going to be forced to do more and more automated advertising. And I think the real trend is to be focused more and more on brand level, quality publishing, manual media buys, which are going to be much more productive to getting around that tax that we have to pay now on programmatic. So it's yet another nail in the coffin for me of programmatic advertising as a means of uh, of, of marketing as an efficient marketing yeah. uh, tactic. So there I, you go. Yeah, I've talked to a, a couple of brands that do quite a bit of advertising that say they're moving to deeper, uh, larger um, deal sizes with some yeah. of the publishers. Fewer, with fewer publishers. Fewer, yeah. fewer, so that they have a little bit more control over it. They get a little bit uh, more uh, value add, let's say. Yeah, 100%. Those, but they know the people that they're dealing with and they're not. it's not programmatic in any way. And Yeah, and sponsorship too. And, you know, sponsorship <clears throat> yeah. as opposed to programmatic, right? Spot just full on run of site, full on uh, just sponsoring content. You know, that's really happening, by the way, in streaming media where you're starting to get a lot more like full sponsorship of a show rather than, you know, rather than sort of, you know, in, in between ads. Yeah, so. I think I, I I would say you you should see more of that on network TV in 24. Totally. Where you say that this is brought. Yeah. What, what was it? Was it? Um, oh, it, I don't know if it was Thursday night football. Maybe it was Sunday night. It was one of those that they brought the fourth quarter. Was peacock. brought to you yeah, yeah i almost talked about oh, it in this the, yeah. oh the yeah. fourth quarter was was of the bills game. Yep. uh who who paid for that courtesy of at&t or something like that yeah I can't it was a sponsor was. i can't remember the single sponsor but they basically so it's terrible we should remember the sponsor because they yeah but i can't remember that but i, I didn't watch the game so i didn't sponsor. i didn't yeah well i mean but, it wasn't a cowboys game so why would you watch it but you do watch a lot of browns games which is I do because I, I get like I up do. to date when things happen. You text me. I'm like, wow, you're watching it. Like, of course, 100 percent. That's why I called this. I called this. I did. called this season yes. for the Browns because I think I think I, the Browns should thank me. I think I predicted a, a six and 11 or a seven and 10 season, hoping it was the other way around. Yeah. And I knew but so next a, year, regardless of what happened, quarterback was going to get hurt. So, well, get this one. Yeah. It, they have another quarterback starting on Sunday. I know Off the, it could because, be there. Well, they fifth. want to save Flacco. Yeah. They want to save Flacco. Well, Flacco's, well, Flacco's taking, taking the week off because they don't need yeah. the victory. And That's so right. they'll have another quarter. That could be the fifth different quarterback they have with a victory this year. Who is it? Do you I know? don't know. They just got, they, they brought him on another one off the couch. Okay. The but couch. they want to give Flacco the week off. <laughs> nice. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, and they want to, they want to rest all their regular quarterbacks. So they're bringing the, the guy in and, Hopefully. Yeah. Because Cincinnati doesn't have anything to play for anyways. They're done. That's true. That's true. So, no, but well, neither do the, neither do the, uh, the Commodores. The Commodores. Yeah. That's what I, <laughs> that's what I call them. The Commodores <laughs> or the commodes. Yeah. 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 That's funny. I like that. All right. Well, it's getting crowded shift. in here. So okay. we need to, we need to, we need to wrap this thing yeah, up. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. 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 Uh, so thank you very much, everybody, for tuning into our first show of the new year. I hope this is a great podcast that you will keep it going for this year and have all sorts of big plans for you. Do go leave us a review, won't you? If you, if you uh, would be so kind, we would love to get and feed the algorithm a little bit. But in the meantime, until we see you next week, we will see you next week, of course. Just remember, it's your story to tell. Tell it well. We'll see you next week on This Old Marketing. Thank you.